Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you when I was Saturday night message. It's a blessing to be with you again on another uh, Saturday evening, and we're grateful to be with you. We are just so excited to bring the word of God to you every weekend. We pray that you've been being blessed. Um, once again, we still have the app that you can put on your phone where you can go and listen to these messages that are being a blessing to you. You can share them with your friends. Uh, all you have to do is go to your Play Store and type in Grace and Faith Fellowship, and you can download on your phone, and you can hear these messages at any time that you want to hear them. And so we pray that you will take advantage of that resource um, at your convenience. Um, but we're going to continue talking about is Jesus worth it? This is part three of that. Is Jesus worth it? And we was talking, this message came from the Psalms 73, where the psalmist said, you know what? I almost slipped when I thought about the prosperity of the wicked, how he was looking at them and focus on their prosperity. And he was doing everything that God was telling him to do. He felt like it and he wasn't getting anywhere. And so it began to bother him. And I encourage you to go and read it at your convenience, you know, when you get time. And so he was bothered by that. And I, and I experienced what he experienced. I remember in my walk with God, I experienced that season where you know what? I was sowing and giving and trying to be all that God called me to be. And you know what? I was struggling because I saw people who wasn't serving God struggling. And I thought about, you know, you ask yourself the question, is Jesus worth it? Never vocalize that to anybody. You know, tell anybody how I was feeling. And even the psalmist, he said, he said it within himself. He didn't tell anybody because, you know, Christian people, church people don't want to hear that because they may be asking the question, well, how can you say, is Jesus worth it? Maybe you've never asked that question, but I have. Or maybe I'm speaking to somebody who said, you know what, well, hey, I've asked that question. I have felt like, you know, is this worth it? Because all that you experience, you're going through, you're going through a season of struggle and hardship and you saying you're watching everybody prosper and be blessed around you, and you're saying, hey, is this worth it? But at night, I want to ask a, a question along with that. We ask the question, but the other question I'm asking, um, thinking of leaving, are you thinking of leaving? Are you thinking of walking away from the faith, or have you already walked away from the faith um, to say, you know what, this ain't worth it? You know, maybe you've walked away from your ministry and just didn't want no one thing to do with church. Um, maybe you're right there, but I want to speak to you, to those who are thinking that tonight, maybe you're thinking of leaving it says, you know what, this is tough. This is, Hey, I want to walk in. Maybe like you already have, cause they have people who have walked away from the faith. And so, but I want to read this verse and this is basically the verse we're going to focus on tonight, the verse is, rather, um, that really answers this question. And Jesus dealt with this 
um, in the book of Luke, chapter 14, um, verses, when we read verses 25 through 30, 35, okay? And Jesus dealt with this. So he says, okay, I want to speak to those that you thinking of leaving. You said Jesus is not worth it. Well, let's look at what Jesus talks about here in Luke um, chapter 14. I'm starting with verse 25. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So if you want to follow along with me in that version, you can also read in the King James Version. But Jesus, this is what he said. He says, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and asked and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and your mother, your wife and your children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is in, there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone will laugh at you. They would say, they're the person who started that building and cannot afford the finish. Or what what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors and to discuss whether his army of 10,000 can defeat 20,000 soldiers marching against him? If he can't, he would send a dele delegation to, to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for season, but if it loses its savior, how do you, do you make it salty again? Okay, flavorless salt is good neither for soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, Jesus said something here very, very strong. This is very strong. He goes into saying, okay, he gives the credentials of you want to be my disciples. Okay, he goes down the list. He goes, he says pretty, pretty strong here that, hey, you got, um, hate your mother, your father, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, your own life, everybody. He says, hey, if you're going to be my disciples, this is what you have to do. Now, this is pretty strong. And we're going to really break this down. But to kind of give you found Jesus, he knew when he was talking to these people, he knew there were people in his module who had not truly committed themselves to him. Okay. Therefore, he made a statement in the following verses to thin out the multitude and to get down to just the truly committed ones. So just when Jesus told, he was speaking to me, he said, I want to narrow this down because he understood that there were people following him who wasn't truly committed. So I want to speak to you tonight is that are you truly committed to following Jesus? Okay. You, you may be asking the question, is Jesus worth it? 
you may be thinking about, well, thinking of leaving the faith, walking away from the faith and say, you know, uh, it's not worth it based on the things that you are experiencing, based on the things that's going on in the culture. You see a lot of things going on and you're facing a lot of situations. You says, hey, is Jesus worth it? But here Jesus says, hey, he was speaking to people who wasn't truly committed to him. So my question to you tonight is, are you truly committed to being a disciple of Jesus? You have to ask yourself the question. Okay. You have to ask, are you truly committed? Okay. And we don't, I want to really get into this because I want you to really, we got to do some self-examination. If you are that person that's thinking of leaving, thinking of walking away, saying Jesus, do some self-examination on yourself tonight and says, am I truly committed to the things of Jesus, okay? So to go on, it says Jesus um, said nearly the same thing about a year earlier in the book of Matthews, okay? When you read the book of Matthews, um, chapter 10, verse 37, 38. In the Matthews account now, uh, there's, there's an important difference. So I want you to pay attention to this. Jesus said that he that loveth his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And that's, that's, that's the account in Matthews. So listen to what he's saying, because he goes on to say in, in Luke, he says, hey, if you, let me go back. He goes on to say that, hey, you must hate um, your, your, your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sister, and, and even your own life. Now, so he's not saying to hate people. So let me go on. It says, uh, this is, this is an instruction to hate your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, and ourselves. We are told to love others as ourselves. The Bible teaches us that. Okay. And then the apostle John, who, was present when Jesus spoke these words, later re revealed that loving our brother is essential to true salvation. Okay, so this is simply saying that in the comparison to our love for God, okay, our feelings toward ourselves and others ought to be far, to be far more or less. So here's what he's saying. I know because this is tough. This is tough. So I'm asking you is that, have you committed yourself to other relationships more than you are committed to your relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, he's not saying don't love your mother. He's not saying don't love your father. He's not saying don't love your brother or your sister or your wife or your children. Because I know this can be tough. Okay. When you have loved ones who don't want to serve God, don't believe in Jesus. Um, maybe you that person who your family, you wasn't brought up in the church. And they have said, if you believe in this, you're outcast. They don't want nothing to do with you. You know, your father and mother disown you or your brothers and sisters, your siblings disown you or your spouse that you married to, you're saved. They're not saved. And then they're putting pressure on you to walk away from your faith, to not really be committed to your to the uh, Lord Jesus Christ and believe in what you said. And that could be tough, but Jesus understood this, okay? He understood that, hey, 
you this is gonna be tough, but he wasn't said hate them, but he said that this is what he's saying. This relationship with Jesus Christ has to take priority over every other relationship. You gotta love them less. And I know that may be a struggle for somebody I'm speaking to right now, but this is what being a true disciple is. Okay. It's been you gotta you gotta love them far more or less than you love Lord Jesus. His relationship, this relationship with him has to take priority over every other relationship. It says many people have become codependent on others instead of God. And this is commanding just the opposite. See, we've and so we become codependent on people. Now, I'm not saying isolate yourself from people, but what Jesus is saying here is that if you have to sacrifice your relationship for him, for others, and you, then he says you're supposed to choose him. You Maybe you become codependent on other things and other people because you depend on them. Now, that's not saying that you don't need anybody in this world. We need other people. And the Bible said the Bible talks about us depending on one another, your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Okay. But if they're not truly committed to relationship, if they don't think that Jesus is worthy, then you can't follow them. Or you can't say, well, you know what? I'm not going to serve God because if I serve God, this person is not going to walk away. They're not going to be with me. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have this. My spouse is going to walk away. My children's not going to love me. That may be the case. And that's not what we're not. We're not saying that's not what that's not what God wants. But that may be happening in your situation. OK, and he's saying don't become so codependent on these relationships where they take priority over the relationship with Jesus Christ. And once again, I know what I'm saying is pretty strong here, but this these are Jesus' words. I didn't write this. These are his words. He says, my, your relationship with me has to take priority over every other relationship. Every other, every other relationship. He was simply saying, and, and Matthew says, that he that loved his father my more more than me is not worthy of me. So other words, he says, any other relationship cannot take pride over the relationship you have with me. And I said, I know that's that's pretty tough for somebody I'm speaking to. But you, this is what being a true disciple is. You've got to be totally committed. I remember um, I grew up with a song called Sold Out. I think Hezekiah Walker song. I'm sold out totally committed to Jesus and God will put people around you. You know, you may not have the relation. This may cost you some relationships um, in your life, but God will put people around you um, to um, sustain you and make sure that you minister to. This is why in church family is important to have people around you that can minister to you and help you through these hard times. God will send people in your life to help you. It may not be 
your mother, which you may love your mother or your father or, you know, your brother, your your blood brother or sister or your spouse. Sometimes it may not be those people. Unfortunately, you would like to, but it may not be. But God will put people in your life to make sure that you have the earthly relationships you need to sustain you as you walk with God. But the cross was what Jesus died on. Okay, it was painful and something he didn't choose for himself. Okay, our cross is anything the Lord asked us to do that isn't our first choice. So when we talk about when he talked about carrying the cross, he goes back. Let me read it for you. I just want to stick with the scripture. But he says here. Um. That if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So we we deal with here that the cross is any is, is the cross is anything the Lord asked us to do that isn't our first choice. So this is not if you have the perception if you came to Christ, you had the perception that everything was going to be easy and simple when you came to Him. Well, the enemy deceive you. Because it says here that, hey, you have to bear a cross. And we know that Jesus died on the cross. He suffered for our sins. The cross was gruesome. The cross, in other words, they said that you couldn't even recognize Jesus as a man when he died on the cross. All that he went through. So the cross is not a pretty thing. It's painful. And he didn't choose it for himself. Jesus did it for us. As we, you know, we're going into the Easter, Easter's next week. So Jesus suffered and died for us. So the cross is anything the Lord asks us to do that isn't our first choice. No, you didn't choose this. I mean, nobody chooses, nobody wants to have to uh, be disowned by their parents or their children don't want nothing to do with them or friendships walk away. Nobody wants to be that. But what Jesus is saying here, you may have to experience that because we live in a world and a culture that does not embrace Christianity, does not embrace the cross of Jesus Christ, does not believe that one man came and sacrificed his sins for them. They don't embrace that. And Christianity rejects a lot of things that our culture has embraced, goes against the word of God. And so when you begin to stand on the word of God, when we're talking about being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, okay, it's going to go against the culture. It's going to go against the culture and you're going to suffer some things. And maybe that's you that's going thing, and you may be asking yourself the question, is Jesus worth it? Because I'm losing friends. I'm losing family members. I'm losing um, promotions. I'm losing a lot of things because I claim to stand for Jesus Christ. And so he's letting us know that this is this is not going to be easy. But we, we have to die to our own thinking and desires and submit ourselves to his will. Anyone who isn't willing to do this isn't a true disciple of Jesus. So you have to die to your own thinking. It ain't about what. It's not about your opinion. Or it's not about how you feel. 
about something because the culture uh, want us to embrace stuff that goes against, I says, Christianity, what the Bible teaches. But you have to doubt of your own thinking. It's not about what you think about it. Because maybe you say, hey, maybe you got a loved one that's struggling with something. It's not about what we think. It's not about your desire. It's not about what you want. You have to submit to God's will. You have to submit to his will. You have to let people know, okay, this is not my way of thinking. This is what Jesus said. And I stand on what he you could love them, but you can say, I gotta take a stand because this is what the word of God says. And so if they walk away, then you have to just let them walk away. And I, once again, I'm not saying that's easy, but being a true disciple of God, Jesus lays out the thing. He knew, like I said, he knew there are people who will follow him who won't truly commit it. And he says, I want to lay down, let you know this is. This is going to cost you something. It talks about what's going to cost us something. So it says anyone who's not willing to do this, you're not willing to change the way you think, to doubt of your thinking, to doubt of your desires. You're not a true disciple of Christ. And so you may be saying, is Jesus worth it? But when you become a true disciple of Jesus Christ, when you understand what it's going to cost you, you're going to say Jesus is worth it because he is more than enough. For me in my situation, he's more than enough. Like okay, so, to go on with this, notice that Jesus talks about he talks about a tower building. Okay, this parable of, of a man building a tower is containing the teaching of what it takes to be a true disciple. Okay, this parable is stressing commitment. Okay, it's stressing commitments. The, the, Jailhouse religion, where people are only sorry they got caught, are trying to get and trying to get out of a bad situation, will not produce true discipleship. It takes a forsaking of all to be Jesus' disciple. Jesus, he was just simply saying, count up the cost. So when he talks about, he goes and just says, hey, a person who build the building, they don't build a, build a building. The first day is to, hey, sit down and see, hey, can I complete this building? Do I have enough money? And he's making that in comparison to, hey, when it comes to being the disciple of Jesus Christ, making a decision for Jesus Christ, he's simply saying, have you cut out the cost? So I want to ask you tonight, maybe you who are asking, is Jesus worth it? Or maybe you that are thinking of leaving. Have you, have you, did, did you count the cost or are you count? Did you count the cost before you made the decision? Okay. Or the, or did you just have it? What, I, what they say here, a jailhouse religion where you just sorry, you know, for your sins and you want to get out of hell free card and says, you know, I'm going to make sure I don't go to hell. Okay. And you just trying to get out of a bad situation, but as it says here, that's not going to produce discipleship. It's not going to produce. You're going to grow weary. Because why? You didn't count up the cost. But this parable, I love what it said, is stressing commitment. Are you committed to the things of God? Are you committed to 
standing on God's word, standing firm in his word, loving people, but said, you know what? I love God more than this. I love God more. I love you, but I love him more. And this is what this parable is saying. God says, love people, but love me more than them. If they choose not to go, you have to have a love relationship with me that's deeper and stronger than their relationship, than your relationship with them. So we're not talking about, so you got to get rid of your jailhouse religion where you're just trying to get out of a bad situation where you feel like you and you caught up in a hard time. And you know what? You came to Christ because somebody told you that, hey, if you give your life to Christ, that things are going to be so much better. Well, that's not true. Okay. Sometimes when you accept Jesus Christ, things will get worse before they get better. Why? Because you had a devil that's out there. The enemy is just kind of steal, kill, and destroy you. And he's coming against you. He won't try to come against you in every situation, in every circumstance. He wants you to get you. He wants to try to deceive you and think you made a bad decision. And so he affect, he will attack everything that you attach to. The people that you attach to, the things that you attach to, and says, you know what, this ain't worth it, and try to make you quit. And as we talk about, um, walk away from the faith. Just walk away. But I want to encourage you tonight that hey, Jesus is worth it. But my question to you now: Have you counted up the cost? You need you need to be like this person who's building this building. You need to estimate how much it's going to cost you because Jesus spelled out it's going to cost you a lot in some cases it's going to cost you a whole lot but I want to let you know that he is worth it because he paid the price for all our sins that's more than enough right there and he you know and he promised us the promises you may not have seen the promises come to, to fruition yet you may not have seen but stand firm on his word. Stand firm on what the word of God says, and you're going to see it come to pass. Just like you saw a seed in the ground. You don't see it the next day. But you know what? Eventually, you continue to water that seed and just continue to water it and nourish it. You're going to see it. It's going to pop up through the ground. The same thing with you, the promises of God. If you continue to water your faith with the word of God and with prayer, you know, then you're gonna see it come to to um to man. You will see that promise manifested in your life. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man he should repent. Whatever he said, it's gonna happen. But the hardest part of of following Jesus is letting him be Lord, letting him have the last word about what is right. And what is wrong, what to rejoice in, and what to repent of. See, that's the this is that's the hardest part. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Maybe he's savior, but is he Lord? Does he have the last word in your life? That the highest cost of the Christian faith, when there's a high cost to the Christian faith, when when you are attracted to the same sex or devoted to a certain political party or your parents are almost impossible to honor. Jesus commands to love God first, love every neighbor as yourself, and trust 
in the word as truth. See, this is not, I know a culture, our culture is pushing same-sex marriage. And, you know, we love them, but the Bible speaks against that. And maybe that's you. Maybe you have somebody in your family that's dealing with that and is struggling with that lifestyle. And you know what? You don't want to abandon them. And I get that. You don't want to abandon them. But you have to, as the Bible says, stand on the truth. You have to tell them that I love you. But the Bible speaks against it. And I know that's hard, especially when it's your child or somebody in your family that you really love. That can be so tough. And I'm not going to say I can say identify, but the thing is, that's what anything in the word of God, we have to be bold enough to tell people God loves you. Because this is not about love. God loves us while we were sinners, as I said before. But this is about standing on what's right, even with, with certain political parties. Maybe you're the person, you know what, you're Republican, you're a Democrat, you know, and and some people, you know what, will just stick with their political party. You know, you deeply devoted. But what does God's word says about it? If God's word said that the, the thing that your political party is supporting, if the word of God says that's wrong, then you can't go with it. You, you have to say, well, you know what? I choose the kingdom and what the kingdom rule says. Even with even maybe you are a person who um, was molested by your 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 father or your mother um walked away from you and you said in the bible does say honor your mother and father you said well how can i honor them and they did this to me well the bible didn't say honor them if they're a good parent it says honor them it just says honor them as your parent respect them doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with them but honor them knowing that they gave you birth you know, and God used them to bring you into the earth. You still honor them. You still respect them. It says, you know what? If you don't want to have a relationship with them, that's something you pray about. And that's between you and God. But th these are the things that we have to stand on. It may be tough for you, but you have to do it because the word of God says that because it says Jesus commands us to love God first. He's, remember, I said he's the number one priority. He's the number one relationship that we can have in life. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. And you have to trust God's word as the truth. You have to believe that his word is the truth. And no matter what the culture says, no matter what the government says, no matter what anybody else says, God's word takes priority over your life. So that's the hardest part is saying Jesus, you have to let him be Lord. Lord means he's master. He's ruler. In other words, his word has the final say in your life. He has the final say. And like I said, you love people. Just because you disagree with them, that don't mean you don't love them. You love them. You speak the truth in love. And then you allow the, the Holy Spirit to do a work in their heart. And say, you know what? Just love them. And allow them, but let them know where you stand because, hey, you have to tell them, I have to stand on this because this is what the word of God says. Nothing personal with them. But you know what? Jesus is my Lord and my master has the final word. If he says something is wrong, I have to agree with him versus what everybody else is saying.
So the question is, why why would why would you stay with Jesus? Okay, why would you stay with Jesus? With the author of Hebrews speaking to he was speaking to suffering Christians who were considering leaving Christ. Okay, and this is he's coming from Hebrews chapter three and one. This he was speaking to people, Christians who were thinking about leaving Christ, just walking away. And this is what he says. And we're gonna get into this scripture more um later on, really, really breaking down. He says here, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. I love what he says here. He says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. This is what we had to do. If you're going to be a true disciple, you have to fix your thoughts on Jesus. So this is why you say, so why should I stay? You should you, you should fix your thoughts on Jesus because he, he is our apostle and he is our high priest. But we got to fix our thought. We have the heavenly call. It says we share in the heavenly call. And what does that call it? To represent Christ, to share the gospel, the good news to people in this world who don't know Christ. We share in that heavenly calling with each other. We, we, we share it together and we got to speak his word. We got to proclaim his word. And like I said, not beat people up, not condemn them, but speak the truth in love. So it's to fix your thoughts on these words that he talked about. Look at the words that he, we use in this year. Holy, heavenly calling, our high priest. And, and when you focus on these, you, you will realize why Jesus is worth whatever he costs you. When you think about how we serve a holy God, and he says, be ye holy for I am holy. He made us holy. Remember, we talked about, I believe in the last um, series I had, um, we was talking about God made us holy the day we got born again. But now we have to live out the fruit of holiness as we walk it out in our behavior. The heavenly calling, you have a heavenly calling. We're called, he's our high priest, which means that hey, a priest, he was the sacrifice. He presented the sacrifice and purchased our sins. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He is our high priest who made sacrifices for us so that hey, we can have everlasting life. So when you focus on these things, you realize Jesus is whatever it, it costs. He is worthy. Whatever it costs, he is worthy. So no matter what, you must sacrifice. Jesus is worth it. No matter what you must sacrifice, you got to believe that. You've got to get to a place that we're talking about here being a true disciple. Whatever it costs, he's worth it. Whatever, I'm going to count up the cost. You got to count up the cost and say, you know what? No matter what it's going to cost me, I'm staying with Jesus. I remember when I said, I love, because I remember all these songs growing up. It says, there's a song we said, I'm started with Jesus and I'm going through. He said, I'll pay the price, whatever others may do. It's, it's, the verse says, I'll 
take the way that the world despises you. I said, I started with Jesus. I'm going through. You started with him and you finished with him. It's just, hey, no matter, hey, because a lot the world despises the way of the cross, the way that Jesus, they despise that. They don't want nothing to do with it. There's too many rules and too many things. We talked about it. They, they have, some of them have concluded it's not worth it. But I'm speaking to you right, that person who have been struggling or maybe, like I said, you walked away from the faith. God is saying, come on back, just like the prodigal son. Come on back home. Come on back home. And the father is, is just like the prodigal son. He's not going to condemn you. He's not going to judge you. He just going to take you in. And the prodigal son, his, his father took him in, put him, gave him to find his role, dressed him up, threw a party for him. That's what God's going to do with you. Come on back in. If you've left, he invites you back. He wants you back. He's worth it. If you just trust him, but you got to be willing. There's going to be some tough times. I'm not going to see them promise you. That everything is going to be pretty. People are going to reject you. Family members, friends, loved ones, maybe people on your job. But you know what? You've got to be convinced. Just like I'm convinced. He's worth it. I've counted up the cost. I've made a decision that no matter, no matter what, I'm staying with Jesus. And so I, I encourage you to do the same. I'm praying for you, right? Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's hearing this. I pray, God, that you, Holy Spirit, speak to them right now. I pray for the person who's on the verge of giving up, who's thinking about leaving, who's saying that, you know what, it's not worth it. But I pray that you would touch their heart right now. God, I pray that you would put people around them that were ministers in them. And speak to them, speak the word of the Lord, word of God over their life and speak to them. Minister, Holy Spirit, minister to them and let them know that you are more than enough to meet their needs, to meet their obligations. Even those who have walked away from God, I pray that you minister to their hurt. Even if it's church hurt, I minister to their hurt and God lead them to a ministry that will love on them and, and build them back up and minister to their hurts and needs, God, and give them the word. Show Through minister the word, show them your true character, your true nature, and how much that you would never leave them for or forsake them. But God, let them know that, hey, in this life, they may not get everything, but God, you are still worthy of all the praise. You're still worth the relationship that we have with you. And I thank you for tucking in right now. And I give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening. I'm just excited about the world tonight. I, I believe that I spoke to someone. And like I said, if you know someone who needs this message, please uh, send it to us, share it with them. Because God wants to speak to people, those who are on the edge, those who are just feel like walking away. Um, God wants to speak to them. So once again, thank you. And we'll be back, be back again with you again, again next week. And once again, thank you for listening and bye-bye.